0: Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrugan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, good morning. Great to have you with us today as we now look into the Word of God together. And uh, let me say, what a uh, what an encouragement those baptisms were just to see um the Lord Raising Up Young Women of Faith. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Just wonderful, really just fantastic. So this morning we, uh, we continue our series working through uh, Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount and uh, we have a reading, Matthew's Gospel chapter 7 and verses 7 to 12, if you're following that on your app, I encourage you to turn to that now or in your Bible if you've brought one of those old-fashioned books with pages, that's a good thing too. Otherwise, I'll just read off the screen this morning. So these are the words of Jesus, where he says to his disciples, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And uh, you might have noticed that, uh, that little phrase, how much more, at the top there, is actually the title of this morning's message. How much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Well, what a wonderful passage, uh, full of some of the most amazing promises of God in the scripture to do with prayer and uh, answered prayer in particular. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Amen? Amen. A few loud amens. And that's right, we should say a resounding amen to that. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Having said that, you know, for many faithful and devout followers of Jesus, let me say that verses such as this do create a a niggling dilemma that uh, perhaps makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable. Here's the dilemma. What happens when my experience of life and prayer doesn't seem to match up with the truth of Scripture? What about those times when I ask and I don't receive? Or I seek and I don't find, or I knock, and the doors remain firmly closed? What about those times when I ask for healing, and there is no healing? What about those times I ask for God's intervention, and there seems to be no intervention? What about those times I ask for God's provision, and no such provision is apparent? What do I do with that? How do I process that? You know, in my uh, many years of pastoral experience, goodness, I sound like an old fellow, don't I? Uh, I've come across many people who, if they're honest, are a little disappointed in God, a little disappointed in the way prayer has or hasn't seemed to work out for them somewhat disillusioned by the seeming lack of answers to their fervent prayers. And I've often encouraged people to express that disappointment and that anger to God, that pain of seeming abandonment. And I say seeming abandonment because God hasn't abandoned you. God is always with you. But you might feel as though he's abandoned you. And you know, there's plenty of biblical support for the expression of your true feelings to God in prayer. Have a look at these verses from Psalms, just a couple from many examples. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? What about Psalm 13? How long, Lord? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me you know that kind of uh, expressed anger in prayer doesn't sit too well with us conservative mild mannered Christians <laughs> and were we to hear it expressed many of us would be wanting to say no 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 don't, don't, don't say that don't say that God, God hasn't forgotten you no he hasn't forgotten me but sometimes I feel as though he's forgotten me. Anyone relate to that? Sometimes I feel that. Well, these verses reveal that actually it's okay to be angry with God, that God is big enough to deal with our prayers of anguish. And, you know, personally, I'm convinced that God loves a raw and honest response from the heart rather than a measured religious response surely he wants us to be real I mean, we want people to be real with us surely God wants us to be real with him ask and you shall receive says Jesus he seems fairly clear about that so what if I ask and I don't receive what does that mean does it mean that the Bible is not true well that doesn't seem right does it <laughs> does it mean that God doesn't care or that he's not listening no we would say that doesn't seem right either Does it mean, well, maybe I don't have enough faith? That's possible. I mean, the Bible is very clear that faith is required on our part. But Jesus says, with the faith the size of a mustard seed. Nothing is impossible. That's a very small amount of faith. So we'd have to conclude that there are other factors at work which we'll come to in a minute. We understand that God's ways are not our ways, we know that. But you know, that niggling dilemma of the experience of unanswered prayer in the past can cause us to be reluctant to ask God for things in the future. And if we're not careful, the danger is that doubt starts to creep in. And one of the effects of doubt is that it just silently just chips away at our faith and can prevent us from coming to God and asking for things in prayer. So as followers of Jesus, at some point, we need to make an important decision about the basis upon which we're going to live our lives. And there's an important question we need to ask, and here's the question. Am I going to base my life on past experience or on the promises of God? That's a really important question, central to life. Am I gonna base my life on past experiences or on the promises of God? You know, as Peter famously said, he said, well, Lord, where else are we going to go? You know, that that situation where people began to leave Jesus because it was all too hard and life was too difficult and the teaching was difficult. And Jesus says, you're going to leave as well. Peter says, where else are we going to turn, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? And soon after saying that, Peter's experience told him that Jesus was dead, that he was gone. But Peter's faith told him that Jesus was risen. So what does your experience tell you about your current set of difficult circumstances or that thing that you've been asking the Lord for? What does your experience tell you about that? And more importantly, what does your faith tell you about your circumstances? And how would your prayer life change If you were to take Jesus at his word and to believe that this is the word of God, that this is the word of God, and that here in these verses, Jesus is telling the truth ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. Ask, says Jesus, and you shall receive. To ask is to adopt a posture of humility, it's to come to God recognizing that there are things in my life that I need that I can't achieve by my own effort. I need help. I, I can't do it, Lord. <laughs> so many things in life. I can't make this happen. I need you. I need your help. I need you to intervene. I'm asking you, Lord. It's easy to think, well, God knows what I need, so I'll just get on with my life, and I'll just trust that he'll provide what I need. But such is my faith. I don't even need to ask. No, no. Jesus says ask. Jesus makes it very clear that God wants us to come to him in prayer, and he wants us to ask him for the things that we need. Seek, says Jesus, and you shall find. It's been said, and I found this quite helpful reading it this week, it's been said that seeking is asking plus acting. You know, you can ask God for employment, but more than likely God, uh, part of God's answer will involve you doing something as well. Not just sitting back and asking, there's a place for that, but very often uh, asking and seeking. Yes, God can give you a job, and yes, you should ask, and yes, you should trust that he'll lead you in the right direction. But often, having asked God, we need to actively and diligently search out and seek after what we're looking for. You need to go to seek.com.au and uh, find a job. Knock, says Jesus... And the door will be open to you. Again, it's been said that knocking is asking plus acting plus persevering. And so one translation of these verses is continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. So we understand that when it comes to prayer, sometimes great perseverance is required on our part. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to many people who've said to me, you know, I prayed for years. Years for the salvation of a loved one. And now, after many years of persevering in prayer, the Lord has answered my prayer. Years of persevering in prayer. Why? Why does it take so long? You know, we'll never know the answer to some of those things until we see face to face. But in Luke 18, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Persevering prayer is a recurring theme in the scriptures. And so as we seek to rightly understand these promises of Jesus, there's a phrase in this passage I've already mentioned that we're wise to always bear in mind. It's a phrase I love because for me it sums up uh, some things about the very nature of God, things that have helped me actually over the years in my own faith journey, in my own prayer journey. And the phrase is, how much more? And I hope today that as you leave, you'll leave with this phrase, how much more, on your lips and in your heart, recognizing that God is a how much more God. Let me give you three quick applications of this phrase in relation to prayer. The first one is, how much more perspective does your heavenly Father have? How much more perspective? Well, the answer, of course, is that God has infinitely more perspective than you or I. He sees everything. He sees the end from the beginning. God is infinite the scriptures teach us he's above and outside of the constraints of time and space that we are bound by and so there we have that verse 1 corinthians 13 12 that says for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face and uh, that verse makes more sense when you understand that in the first century mirrors were not like our mirrors today they were generally made from bronze or from stone and so you could sort of see your reflection but not really certainly not with any clarity and the Bible's saying that's how we see things now you know compared to God who sees everything with perfect clarity we only see part of the story whereas God sees the whole picture and how many of you know that when you only see part of the story you jump very often to the wrong conclusions. There's a little 30-second clip we'll take a look at, which is, uh, it's it's old, it's been around a while, but uh, some of you might have seen it, but I reckon it's really appropriate for this morning. An event seen from one point of view gives one impression. Seen from another point of view, it gives quite a different impression. But it's only when you get the whole picture you can fully understand what's going on. Important to have the whole picture before we jump to conclusions. We don't have the whole picture. God has the whole picture. The point is when we come to God in prayer and ask him for things, we need to appreciate that our requests come from our very narrow, incomplete Limited perspective. We don't see what God sees. We don't have the perspective that God has. And therefore, we may well be disappointed or frustrated by God's seeming inaction, by his seeming silence. And in those times, it's perhaps good to be reminded of the how much more God we worship and to trust in him even when things don't seem to make sense from our small, narrow, limited understanding. Even when we ask for things we don't understand, we say, Lord, I don't understand. That kind of shake your fist at the air thing. What are you doing? Why aren't you acting? Why aren't you intervening? Well, you don't have the whole picture. How much more? How much more perspective? does God have on our circumstances? Way more, infinitely more. Do we trust him? To whom else shall we turn? Lord, you have the words of eternal life. You have the eternal perspective. Number two, how much more wisdom does your heavenly Father have? Uh, Those of us who are parents have learned that there are times when our kids ask us for things that seem good and right to them, (laughs) at the time of asking but as parents we know that it's not wise actually to give them what they ask for if kids ask for chocolate or ice cream right before dinner kids are you listening to this bit of the just as you do your activities listen up for this bit if kids ask for chocolate or ice cream right before dinner or they want pizza or maccas every night instead of vegetables a wise parent will not give the children what they're asking for because the request comes from a place of immaturity. I remember my kids asking for uh, fast food one night. I said to my son, uh, Actually, just we're a bit, money's a bit tight at the moment, mate. So we're just being a bit careful with our money. And he's uh, just a young lad. He said, Just go to one of those holes in the wall, the machines, and just get some more money. He's looking at me and if say, What's the problem? Dad, you haven't thought this through. <laughs> when our kids were in primary school, they desperately wanted to watch The Simpsons. And uh, we uh, decided as parents that we weren't going to allow that for our primary school kids. We didn't think it was appropriate. Uh, well, it turned out we were the worst parents in the world. Uh, and uh, apparently every other child in the class, possibly every other child in the entire school, or even in the entire world, uh, was allowed to watch The Simpsons, and our kids were the only ones who were missing out. (laughs) This was their perspective. So at the time, we conducted some of our own research (laughs) amongst some of the other parents, and we discovered quickly that some of the other parents were fighting the same battles with their kids and, in fact, we're taking the same stand. See, it's hard being a wise parent. It's hard to make wise boundaries. It's hard to set them well. And hard to know when to keep them the same and when to relax them. Because it's a, you know, it's a changing dynamic. It's a fluid thing. As your kids get older, they're allowed to watch more things. Our kids are adults. They can watch The Simpsons now if they <laughs> think that's wise. Sometimes in our immaturity, we ask God for things that he knows are not good for us. We ask for shortcuts. We ask for easy ways out. We want, we want everything to happen now, actually. now I want, I, I want that now, Lord. That needs to happen now. But often God, in his wisdom, has another agenda, you know, to teach us patience or, or perseverance or to build in his character or to teach us what it means to look to him and to trust in him when our circumstances are difficult, rather than just clicking his fingers, as he could. He's got another idea in mind, and those times, in those times, it's good to be reminded of the how much more God we worship and to trust in him. How much more, how much more wisdom does God, your heavenly Father, have regarding your needs? Way more, infinitely more. Well, finally, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? This one's straight from the, uh, the passage there. How much more will God give good gifts to those who ask him? Well, as many of you know, Maggie and I uh, now have a little granddaughter, Rosie, who's just the absolute delight of our lives. She can do no wrong. Uh, she'll be one in a couple of months, which is hard to believe. And I would say, and I'll try not to exaggerate this, I would say that every single time Margie is in any shop, for any reason, (laughs) she'll find something she wants to buy for Rosie. I think Rosie would like this. I think this would be good for Rosie. Oh, look at this. Should we get this for Rosie? I have to create a whole new expense category in our weekly budget. (laughs) Called Rosie. And I think, goodness, what's it going to be like when she's old enough to actually ask for things? (laughs) She's not asking for anything right now. When she gets to that age where she can actually ask, we'll have no resistance. So I often think, why don't we let's wait, let's wait till she asks. Well, you know, here Jesus draws the comparison between earthly parents slash grandparents, I'll include there, who even in their imperfect fallen state... Though you are evil, Jesus says, Oh, it seems harsh. Evil. Uh, (laughs) Jesus' words, not mine. (laughs) Even in their imperfect fallen state, parents, grandparents, they know how to give good things to their children. They know how to do that. Jesus uses the illustration, he says, If you you know if your children ask for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. they ask for fish, you're not going to give them a snake. You know how to give good things to your children. How much more, says Jesus, how much more does God love to give good gifts to his children when they ask him, when they seek after him, when they persevere, when they keep knocking on that door? See, this tells us something about the very nature of God, that he is infinitely generous. See, I think my wife's generous. She is, she's very generous. God is infinitely generous. And he is infinitely giving by nature. And I tell you, there's no doubt whatsoever in my mind that Maggie loves her granddaughter and that love is expressed in her sometimes uncontrolled <laughs> urge uh, to give. But you know what? That's a beautiful thing. Yes. It's a beautiful thing in her heart. She wants to give. She wants to bless. How much more God. Yeah. God loves to give. He loves to bless. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children, and see importantly the context here of the ask, seek, knock promises, is family. The giving, the generosity, is in the context of a loving relationship between our Heavenly Father and we, his children, who come to him in that humble attitude, that humble, open prayer relationship, In that context of family, he is the God of how much more. This morning as we close, I'm just going to invite you to pray in line with this invitation from Jesus to ask and to seek and to knock. So as you sit here this morning, if there's something quite specific on your heart that you want to ask the Lord, maybe it's something new, maybe it's something you've been asking him for a long time, I'm going to invite you in a moment to stand as we close and I'm going to pray For us. Um, If nothing comes to mind, that's fine, don't try and imagine something, but if you know, know, there's absolutely something that I've been asking the Lord that's on my mind, even on my mind as I come to worship this morning. In a moment I'm going to ask you to stand, but before you do, let me just issue you with one challenge. Uh, To me, uh, you know, as a father there was uh, something awful actually about any idea that I might have in my mind that my kids we're more interested in what I might give them than they were in me. Does that make sense? That whole thing of wanting the gift rather than the giver. As a grandparent, I find that equally abhorrent, this idea that my kids might come running in because I might give them a a present. But then having received the present, they're just going to run off again because they don't really want to be with me. They just want the present. So as you come before the Lord this morning, let me challenge you in your heart, this thing that is so important to you, is it more important to you than your, your very relationship with your father? Maybe that's not a good idea for you to be standing at that point then. Or maybe that's a challenge for you to think, actually, I, 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 I've had that the round, around the wrong way. I've been more seeking after the answer to my prayer, more seeking after the gift than the giver. But actually in standing and bringing my request to God, I want to shift that round the right way. And say, Lord, I just I want you, I want you. I want to be with you. I want to know your love. And in the context of that loving relationship with you as my Father, now here is my request. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? If that's if you want to be included in that, then I me mean kind of just stand where you are. Father, as we stand before you this morning, we would seek to do that which your word encourages us to do, and lay our requests before you. And for those standing, Lord, you know you see our hearts. You know that we come. Uh, in many cases, with a with quite a specific thing that we just hold before you now. But as we hold it, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for those times when we perhaps fall into the trap of viewing you as some kind of a vending machine that will just dish out that which we ask for, outside of a depth of relationship with you that you long for us to not just have, but to pursue, to seek after. And so, Lord, this morning, help us to be those who pursue the Father, those who seek out not just the gift, but the giver. But, Lord, in that context, we also would want to come in faith this morning, faith not that we would get what we want, but faith that you are the God of how much more? Faith in the words of Jesus who says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Lord, help us to be those who pursue you wholeheartedly. Who nurture in our hearts such a love for you that we want you. We want more of you. We want a greater intimacy with you, a deeper love for you to be birthed in our hearts. And Lord, we just are thankful that you long to give us the desires of our hearts, we read it in the scriptures, we believe it. Help us, Lord, to live our lives based not on fear, but on faith, not on our past experience, but on the promises of God. Help us, we pray. We ask you for these things in faith this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand, shall we? And uh, we'll worship together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.